We are back with another episode of Out of the Main. An exciting one. Yeah, well, we are drifting out of the safe harbors. Yes, it is that time of the year. We're now, we are post-Memorial Day. Yes. So it's the official start of the Yacht Rock season, which is the season where we know that all the people that swear they never listen to Sirius XM Yacht Rock Station go on Facebook and complain about what they're hearing on the Yacht Rock Sirius <laughs> station, right? This is true, yes. Okay. And I spent the weekend trying to yachtify that station because I was one of the, the uh, yeah. I'm the captain now yeah. guys. I went super, uh, super yachty. Except now but... I think we're taking a step down in our officer. Yes. Like, what is it, uh, petty officer, third class or something mm, like that, whatever the lowest ranking sailor is. I think that's, that's where I put myself on this topic. There's no reason to be petty. Yes. I mean, Richard. Yes, well, we are out of the safe harbors and into uncharted waters for us because for us. we're talking. Well, you've got your platform boots on for some reason, <laughs> and this wide, I polished them too. Yeah, and this like super wide lapel on the yes, shirt. I'm digging. Hot, hot. Um, you could button it a little higher. We're going to talk about Showing yacht off disco. My too. one hair. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, but before we start talking wardrobe, yacht yep. disco, mm. which neither one of us are really an expert on, is no. that safe to say? No, we probably could have brought an expert on, but we thought that maybe it'd be more fun to do it this way because, you know, this whole podcast, we've been kind of sharing our discovery. We started off, and not as complete novices, but certainly not as experts, and so we've kind of shared our learning as we go along the way, and this is one where we're definitely at the, the more learning side than the learned. Yep, and it seems like it has popped up in the time with which we've been more active in Yacht Rock. Like the Yacht Rock, dis- or sorry, Yacht Disco Facebook page has popped up within yep. the last year or so. Yep. Um, you get to see, even in the Yacht Rock group, you hear a lot of people talking more and more about Yacht Disco and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's obviously a thing. What it is, is uh, I think remains to be discovered today. Yeah. At least for us. Um, but I thought maybe before we get into Yacht Disco, it might be a good place to start to talk about just disco what disco was and everyone knows what it was mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you know it was just a f- cultural phenomenon in the late 70s yeah not just uh the music of course but the again almost like we talked about the yacht country how it just invaded the culture and the most obvious example is saturday night fever right yep in that the corresponding one to uh to that for yacht country was urban, urban cowboy. cowboy so if they make a travolta movie out of oh, it oh maybe that's it it's a thing the travolta the travolta trojan horse yeah, like greece right 50s music became a thing <laughs> yeah. yeah so you so, snuck a greece song in at one point yeah so but and we talked also a couple episodes ago about general hospital and how that became just a cultural phenomenon mm-hmm. and because we had fewer entertainment options at the time if something became popular it was like Hugely popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, even things like Pac-Man, right? Where the, right. The, everything gets Pac-Manified or discoified. But um, you know, I was, you know, probably again same era, sort of chronologically as Yacht Rocks. So I'm a young kid at this time, but I remember like our parents getting disco lessons and stuff. Yeah, like I remember that. them yeah practicing in the family room. You know, their <laughs> line dance lessons. Yeah. Um, and what I find interesting about just the the genre. As it correlates to Yacht Rock, so I'm not talking Yacht Disco yet, but how Disco correlates to Yacht Rock is it's infusing, like, some of the R&B and soul elements of, like, an adjacent Mm -hmm. genre, borrowing from those and kind of creating a new genre around them concurrently as rock and rollers were doing the same thing with Yacht Rock, right? Yeah, I used to separate out, um, people have also been talking about Yacht Soul, which is, again, sort of related to this. And I sort of separated out Yacht Soul over the funk stuff by saying that if it makes you dance, Hmm. then it's probably no longer part of the Yacht Rock canon. Because I don't think the Yacht Rock canon really has anything dance about it. So maybe 
disco is sort of like yacht for the dance floor. Yeah. Kind of. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Well, and then it got, like we said, hugely popular in the late 70s. And then it went out, not with a whimper, but with a bang. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. there became this, like, counter-prevailing school of, I don't know, fandom, which just hated disco. Yeah, remember the what we had in Detroit here, the dread cards? Yes. Detroit for- rockers engaged in the abolition of disco. Yeah. <laughs> all over the country and maybe even the world, I don't know, but there were these disco sucks t-shirts yep. and other merchandise yep. uh, sporting, uh, sported not only by like the likes of Johnny Fever on WKRP. Mm, oh, yeah. Didn't he wear disco socks t-shirts? I think t-shirts? so. I think he did. And it became this huge backlash where now it's like it became so popular that now we got to destroy this thing because it's just taking over everything. And then that all culminated in a fateful night on July 12th, 1979. Mm. You know what I'm talking about? No. Is disco this a, demolition. Did, I was going to say, something to do with cars, I remember, yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't cars. It no? was um, it was a Major League Baseball game, and it was... Yeah, didn't they, like, smash up a car or something? And... No, they brought in, if you were, this was a Chicago, uh, let's see, it's Is it Comiskey Wrigley? Park. So, or Comiskey? Yeah, White okay. Sox. White Sox. Hosting the Tigers, by the way, our very own Detroit Tigers. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And a local radio station was doing a promotion because attendance at the time, the White Sox were horrible, and they were averaging, like, 5,000... You know, mm. uh, per game. So they come up with this idea that um, for if you have 98 cents in a disco record, you can get <laughs> into the game. And the DJ, the shock jock at the time, Steve Dahl, was going to get all these disco records together, raise them up over the field between the Twilight doubleheader and blow them up. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds safe. Yeah, that was the disco demolition. It got so chaotic. People stormed the field. There was a huge riot. They had to bring the police in to bust it up. The police and, aren't a disco band. No, that's true. Well, they brought in the village people police guy. I got you. To okay. bust mm-hmm. it up, <laughs> Chicago had to forfeit the second game, <laughs> and they say that marks the end of disco. There it is. It is out with a bang, for sure. Yeah. Literal bang. Oh, and then it just, he was gone as soon as it got here, or sooner. (laughs) And then Yacht Rock prevailed, which is kind of cool. Which it should, yes. I mean, there are superheroes in Yacht Rock. But in that short period of time, I think is where Yacht Disco maybe became a thing. Because we talk about all these artists who discover Yacht Rock, which hadn't been defined yet, but that sound, and they start dabbling in it, you know, like mm-hmm. our Garfunkel Gar- mm-hmm. and some of the country artists we talked about. But then some of the Yacht Rock people are dabbling now in disco a little bit. Yeah. And so, I don't know about you, but I'm, as somebody who's discovering this genre, not exactly clear where Yacht Disco ends and disco begins. I know. Well, um, I have some thoughts on that. and. You you pointed out something when we did the Yacht Country that there were you saw sort of two channels, and I mm. see those same two channels here. You've got the decided disco artists that are doing something. Maybe they have a song or two that becomes a hit that is not um, a dance floor hit. You, generally, it's because it's too slow, and there's that term, quote, too slow to disco, which mm-hmm. is where I think Yacht Disco starts to land, you know, when it's too slow for the dance floor, going back to that. Yep. So you have these um, disco artists that are doing music that is not for the dance floor, and therefore maybe it sits a little more in the Yacht Rock canon. Hmm. Um, But we also have artists that were not disco artists, but when they took a little bit of disco and infused it into what they were doing, now suddenly their stuff takes on a little bit of a different character, and I think some of those songs start to move towards the Yacht Rock sound. Interesting. Yeah, I think that's right. And we have a few examples that we'll talk about. Yes. But I wanted to talk through, and you said you have a little list, too, of some of the sonic 
markers of disco. Yeah. And then we can decide, does that belong only to disco or in yacht disco? And maybe if how much of that you infuse is when you decide where you're passing through yacht disco all the way to disco. Right. Well, maybe we start real quick and I'll run through the things I have that I would say that are common threads in both okay. so that, that tie them together. First of all, they're the same era. The uh, disco maybe started a little later and finished a little sooner, but mm-hmm. 77 to 80 maybe. Yeah. And, um, you know, obviously Yacht Rock's more 76 to 84, so there's that. But there's also some other uh, sort of musical commonalities. You know, the um, the ultra-clean Recording yep. is something that disco was all about. The use of horn arrangements. Yep. Obviously, disco uses a lot more strings and stuff. Um, generally, very interesting bass lines. The bass line does a lot to drive the track forward and give it its, quote, bounce. Mm-hmm. I have a note on bass lines uh, okay. that I'll go back to, but yes. Uh, that plucky, snappy rhythm guitar thing, the single note, palm muted thing, is definitely something that's in both. Um, and they're all based on um, sort of timing and groove you know the lyrics are not nearly as important as the feel of the track you know the True. lyrics are not that important and they're probably a little more important in yacht rock but we always talk about when the lyrics get too heavy or too serious it starts to move out of feeling like a yacht rock track yeah so i think that is sort of shared you know well and i have a list of markers that i think are different so but maybe correlative yeah. That's a word. So, for example, the Yacht Rock, we talk about it being groove-oriented. Yes. And there's specific grooves that we always bring up, like the halftime shuffle, but it's not only that. Right. But there's like a syncopation to the groove. Yes. Whereas disco music, not Yacht Disco, but disco music is what they call four-on-the-floor beats. Right. Which are, there's a beat every four notes, and it's boom, 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 right? Yep. And it's not so much boom, doo-doo. But it's right. It's trying to get this again because yes. it's trying to establish a dance groove. Um, yeah, you got the deep hits on the downbeats, yep. and then you got something of an up on the offbeats. So yep. It's almost akin to that joke about the you know the way that techno music gets that right. Yep, exactly. And I think for me, one of the sonic markers of disco is when the drummer starts playing sixteenth notes on the hi hat. Mm-hmm. So you've got the da, 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 or some syncopation. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should put, do that for real, so I don't have to beatbox the whole time. Nah, it's, I like it. Oh okay, yeah, well good. Then here's some more. So wherein the bass lines are concerned, one of the common techniques for bass players in the disco genre is alternating between the root and the octave. Yeah, the disco so you, octaves. Yep, yep. So you get a doom 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 and that chromatic movement, the half step movement. Yes. Doom ba doom ba doom ba doom ba doom. Or on the web. Doom doom doom. So that's pretty common, whereas opposed to the bass lines, I think, are a little more intricate or, I don't know, maybe more just syncopated yeah, in Yeah, it's a different feel. Yeah. And then you mentioned horns uh, and strings. Strings are very prevalent, I think, of much disco. Especially those string dives. Where they hit the pew, you yep. know, the, the diving string. Or I'm thinking of the long sustained pad, like ABBA uses a lot, yeah, you know, where it's yeah. I can't beat... Uh, of course, disco well. has a lot of hand claps. I don't think there's a single yacht rock song we can point to that has hand claps. Probably not. Well, there's probably some, but yeah. it's certainly not a thing in yacht rock. Yeah. And then the other thing I noticed about um, disco, and maybe it's because of the heavy influence of the Bee Gees, but you get a lot of falsetto singing from the male voice. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of that, yeah, probably is Bee Gees. Uh, it's either them or it's inspired by them, because you go to like a Leo Sayer, Make Me Feel Like Dancing, which uh, was a track I wanted to get to later well maybe we get to that now if you because that's a good segue because now i feel like if you get an artist that takes some of that but not all of it then 
I think you have Yacht Disco. And that's where I think he was. I think that I wouldn't call him a pure heavy yacht artist, but he was probably in the adjacent area. And I think when he took some of that disco stuff and put that, you know, in, and suddenly that song, I know there's people that don't like it for their boat. I get that. But Mm -hmm. I agree with Michael Adelano that when he played that song a couple weeks ago and said that has bounce for days. And it does. Yeah, it does. It absolutely does. It has pure Yacht Rock personnel on it. It is missing probably what I would call a real pristine mix and recording. doesn't have that polish, but I think it's got the feel and the certainly the personnel. You know what's interesting about that last point is I listened to it on phones today, and it had much more interesting sonic quality to it than I had ever given it credit for. Why don't we listen to a little bit of it? In, uh, the chorus, you can hear the obviously the falsetto vocal, and then listen to the drum groove, and then also listen to that bass where it does the octave there alternate. You go. Here it comes. You know, one thing I, uh, another thing I didn't have in my notes, but you sparked in that a lot of the yacht disco, yacht disco, has not only the palm mutes, but it's a lot of that plucking string, or I should say strumming of the high kind of ting, 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 ting. Mm-hmm. And so you get mm-hmm. a lot of that too, which is mm-hmm. kind of borrowed from really soul and R and B, and now it's infused. It into really disco. is. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, the, the expert of that is Nile Rodgers. I mean, Nile yes. Rodgers uh, from Chic. His ability to play that so precisely and so rhythmically perfect. I mean, he was an absolute genius at that style and often, what's it, often uh, copied but never replicated? Something like that, they say. Yeah. So if you incorporate all of that then, aren't you just full-on disco? I think you are, except that it depends on where you are tempo-wise to me. Yeah, that's true. See, that's the thing. When you get down into those lower tempos, you know, disco is like in the 120 area, some 118, 122 probably. But when you start getting down into the lower 100s, and we have a few tracks that we can look at that, that do that, it's still got like all of the disco elements that you mentioned, but as soon as you bring it down in tempo, it doesn't feel the same. And sometimes the drummer has to change up the groove accordingly, so it's not straight four on the floor. So take, you know, um, Bee Gees, Love You Inside Out. Now that has a feel that is, it's got all the disco elements, but it is not a dance floor track, at least not for up-tempo dancing. To me, that one is closer to yacht than it is to disco Definitely. myself because Definitely. of because of so much of the groove. is dis- So there's what good. we would call a disco artist. I mean, they were coming, that album was right, the very next album, right after they did Saturday Night Fever, they were still heavy in their disco thing, but that track at a slower tempo no longer feels like pure dance floor disco. And so it's a disco artist changing up the tempo and the feel a little bit, and suddenly you're like, hey, maybe that's sort of a Yachty track. What about an R&B artist? Or I can't decide what the Brothers Johnson are. Are they R&B? 
Are they yacht rock? Funk, I guess mostly funk, but um, their stuff gets included a little bit. And I think for the same reason, is it, you take like, I'll be good to you. That's the song I'm thinking of. Hit it. Take that one, and again, it's slower than what you would think of for a dance floor hit. Yet, that song went, what, I don't know if it went number one, number three, something like that. I mean, it was a big, big, big hit. But it is definitely not a dance floor rager. No, but it's got an awesome groove, which again, I think puts it more to yacht rock than disco. Yeah. So probably is yacht disco. I think, yeah. You know, and is that, uh, obviously it's Louis Johnson on bass. Right. And he does a version of the mm 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 all over that song. And then you've got the high plucky guitars, not the palm mutes, but the throwing. And it just, it totally works. But it's not so far to disco. It's just, right? You can't call it disco. No, not really. Again, I I would, I go back to what you said. Are they R&B? Are they funk? What are they? I don't know. They were just a Quincy production, you know? Yeah. Quincy Jones just, you know, he, he was always trying to sort of tread the line between genres, either trying to incorporate multiple genres into one song or live right on the edge. So, because he wanted to get airplay on multiple yeah. formats. Yeah. So it was both like a creative pursuit and a business decision, right? Very much. He wanted the yes. radio play crossover. What um, other song that I think is kind of repl- representative of what we're talking about? is the Michael Jackson version of It's the Falling in Love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that one, again, Michael Jackson was an R&B artist, right? Quincy Jones production again. Written by, isn't that one written by Carol Bearsager? Correct, yeah, you brought that one to my attention. Yeah, she was a kind of, well, she did a lot, but she wrote a lot of Yacht Rock stuff. Mm-hmm. And I just hear elements of Yacht Rock, I hear elements of R&B, and I hear elements of pop, I hear elements of disco. Yeah, I would agree with that. It's, but it, I guess I got to go back to the Quincy thing. I think that was, to a certain degree, by design. Yep. And I think we also have Lewis Johnson on bass on that. One. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure that's the, the whole Quincy gang. You know what? What fascinates me is that there's others that we kind of had talked about that are artists that there's nothing about them that is disco, and there's nothing about them that is probably yacht rock. But yet, when they added some yacht to their sound or added some disco to their sound, they became a little more yacht. I had a couple that I was going to mention, and one was that Kiss You All Over by Exile. Yeah. Well, can we start with the beginning of that one? Because that's got the four on the floor without the just, that's just straight one, two, three, four on the kick drum. Yep. Hit it. And another one that's worth looking at is the, there's nothing about this song or to me that would really be all that yachty except for the fact suddenly this disco bass line comes in on the choruses of uh, Save It For A Rainy Day. Yeah. 
suddenly there's a disco bass line, and it all of a sudden just completely changes the complexion of the song to me. Yeah. Well, you also do have the uh, 16th notes on the hi-hat. Yeah. For sure. Well, I thought I have two others that I thought you were going to mention, because what's interesting about these two is they're both proto-yacht. They're both bands that I think the purists would like to kick off the boat. Hmm. They go right through Yacht Rock all the way to disco. And I'm talking, first of all, with yeah. Seals and Crofts. Right. So they, they're super uh, folky. I was going to say funky. They're super folky at the beginning. But in this song, You're the Love, listen to how disco they sound. You're the love, you're the love. And yet somehow it works. Yeah. Somehow it does, you know, I guess when you just pluck it out and you don't know the whole context of all that and you just hear that song, you're like, man, that works really well. You know, when you try to match it up with, say, Diamond Girl or something like that, you could see you're like, whoa, this is quite a departure. Exactly. But it's not like they didn't progress there an album at a time and it, it certainly fit in the era beautifully. Yeah. It just shows their evolution, too. And it also shows, I think, what we've often said about Yacht Rock, which is these other artists see this popular sound and they're like, I'm going to infuse a little of that. Had to be happening with disco, too, right? Even for the yeah. the, the folksy bands. Yeah. And I'll yeah. give you one other example. Okay. We, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked to John Hall from Orleans. Oh, yeah. Super funky. Or Well, they were funky at the beginning. At times. More so More, I more of a southern That's rock what I thought sort of until I really dug deep. But, you know, a song like Dance With Me is very acoustic. And right. Sounds like, like Southern rock. But after John leaves the band, and by the time they get to 1979, which is right in the heart of the disco right. era, yep. listen to, the as we described them earlier, the disco elements of Love Takes Time. So you've got the sixteenth uh, mm-hmm. notes. You've got the bass line that's different. You've got the you know the I think you have the hell out strings right the pads. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now that to me that sounds like the chorus is trying to be disco. Yeah, and it's it's maybe it's got five to ten percent disco in it, but that's enough. It's to enough to bring it closer than where you would normally think Orleans would be. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if they pulled all the way through the Yacht Rock. Like you said, is, is incorporating enough disco just enough? Is that enough to put them on the boat? Or did they like hop over the boat onto the dock? Probably that. But yeah. it, it, it keeps them in the discussion if you're looking to expand your list beyond just hardcore yacht, you know, exclusive stuff. Did you um, Did you see Saturday Night Fever? Yeah. You did? Mm-hmm. A few I th- times. I think I did. I don't never liked it all that, that much, but... Yeah, well, you didn't really like disco all that much, did you? No, not really. Not at the time. I appreciate it a lot more now. Did you have a Disco Sucks t-shirt? No, I didn't have a dread card either. Did you go to Disco Demolition Night? I wish. <laughs> Why, would you have demolished or just partied? What? All right, let's get back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> the topic is, uh, what is it again? What are we talking about? I think yacht it was rock? Disco Yacht. I was going to call it Yacht Disco, but we don't know enough to use yeah. that term. So Disco Yacht. All right, where else yeah. you want to go? You had some other interesting polls on a little playlist that we created. We will... Uh, We'll link to this in the show notes. I don't know. It's not meant to be a definitive list by any stretch. Not at all. It's just like, eh, here's some things we found. Yeah, you threw in a fifth of Beethoven. <laughs> <laughs> explain that. Speaking of Saturday Night Fever. You explain that. You right. put it in there. I don't know much about it other than the artist is Walter Murphy. Yeah. 
And it's from the Saturday Night Fever soundtrack. Right. And he took Beethoven's Fifth Symphony yeah. and put a disco beat behind it. Yeah, and it works amazingly well. And it's kind of yachty, though. And, and, and think about the era, though, where all of that stuff, the whole orchestra and everything, had to be recorded live. None of this was, you know, programmed. That's so true. imagine the budget that went into making that tune. Well, let's play a little. It's, it's it's gimmick. It's campy, but yet it's good. Well, and it's I thought it was just pure on disco, but I do hear. Obviously, it's kind of kitschy and all that yeah. stuff, and it's it is disco. But I did. I can't help but hear just a little bit of yacht in there as well. Probably because it's slower again. It's slower, know? and it's got that doom, 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 in a little shuffle in the yep. the drum groove. Yep, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> no, any discussion of disco has to include a fifth of Beethoven. Why not? Yeah. Yep. Um, I'm curious. So I'm going to save this for the uh, lightning round because I do have some disco stuff on the lightning round. But um, what about this band? Here's another one that's kind of like the Brothers Johnson. Chic. Yep. Are they disco or are they R&B? Or are they yacht disco? <laughs> <laughs> I think I put most of Chic stuff in the disco area i mean i guess i'm so heavily influenced by hearing la freak but good times again is more it's a little slower it's a little more of a funk track but i guess they're somewhere between funk and disco i mean now rogers bernard edwards just what's it was the drummer's name uh is it chester thompson hmm i don't know you could say that and then get flagged if you're wrong well i said it with a hmm after so (laughs) and a question mark (laughs) Um, yeah, but I love their stuff, and I just never knew where exactly to put them. I know. I'm not going to make a. I doubt I'm going to make a disco playlist. Who knows? Maybe I will. But I see. I don't like the. I mean, I shouldn't talk about what I don't like, but like the Village People, isn't ever a thing for me. No, never a thing for me either. It, it's either some of the stuff is either too campy, or some of it is just too long. I mean, they, they because they were made for the dance floor, they would take you know, a, a one-minute idea and stretch it out to seven, eight, <laughs> ten minutes long, you know? And it's yeah. like, so uh, from a dance hall, dance perspective, yeah. it's great. But just sitting and listening, flicking on Spotify and hearing, yeah. you know, ten minutes of... Yeah, what would you do with that? You know, yeah. I mean, their hits, I think, it had more of a verse-chorus, verse-chorus structure, mm-hmm. like uh, YMCA and In the Navy, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but still never did it for me. There's a yacht <laughs> disco, right? It's got to hey, be. Oh, yeah, exactly. It's maritime. <laughs> Maritime is party time, is so I've heard. That's right. Well, I had those couple that I put in there also from uh, Nicolette Larson. You know, Dancing Jones is one. I really like that song. Yep. Um, off of, uh, tell them that off of, In the Nick of Time. Yep. And um, it's got, again, it's she's not a disco artist. And other than a small handful of things, maybe not a prolific yacht rock artist. Yeah, maybe she is. But but that song in particular, when it's just got such a charm to it, and I think some of it is because just a little bit of disco added in. Yep. Uh, 
I know what I was going to say earlier. I agree, by the way, because both of those songs came up in this playlist, and I didn't feel like I was listening to Nicolette Larson so much anymore as I was still listening to Yacht Disco. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's those are good calls. And what year was that album? That had to be like 79 too, right? 78, I think. I'm 79. Is it? Okay. Yep, 79. I'm reading the, the Templeman book right now, which is something we'll have to get back to. Ooh, yes. Yeah. Is he Yacht Disco? He produced that and produced the Doobie Brothers. That's right. And yeah. Van Halen. Yeah, he was all over the place. Yes. What I was going to say earlier, I was, tr- I was trying to remember where I was. In, uh, I'm here at the studio recording a podcast about Yacht Disco, right? Mm-hmm. Clear. Okay, got that right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just love when the Bee Gees, any other Gibbs, decided to not just do straight-up disco. Because mm-hmm. the stuff that came out was awesome. Like One of my guilty pleasures is that Guilty song with Barry yeah. Gibb and yeah. Barbara Streisand. That's so good. And then uh, I brought this one up, too. And, uh, you weren't embarrassed any longer to say that you loved it. I just want to be your everything by Andy Gibb. If you give a little more than you're asking for your love will turn the key. I, I, I just want to be your everything. Open up the heaven in your heart and let me be. Yeah, that's a really good one. Really good one. And there's another one um, from... Main course, it's called like uh, Fanny. Be careful with my love. When we're done, you have to check that one. Okay, that's a killer tune as well. Well, you introduced me in this process to Love You Inside Out, which we played right. earlier, and that is just a killer tune. That album, man, that that, um, that was Spirits Having Flown. That album I mean, starts off with tragedy, and then it's got uh, what's it? Love You Inside Out. What was the third tune on there? Was um, it's like the first three songs on that album are just killers. Yeah. Well, again, it shows you just how good they are. Too Much it, Heaven. That's the third one. Okay. I just had to rack my brain. And you did that from memory, too. I can attest. Um, it just shows you how good of musicians and producers they were and songwriters that if you are one like me who's like, eh, I don't really like disco, you can't throw the, the Bee Gees out with the bathwater. Nice. Yes. Thank you. Um, I just thought maybe it would be interesting because we're not the authorities to go to the Yacht Disco Facebook page okay. to see what people are posting. Okay, live. All right. Here we so go. This is live action here. There's the Doc Master. Um, so, Village People, Macho Man. Again, isn't it's that just disco? disco? It's just disco, right? Um, Can't be see. disco. This is an interesting one by Josh Lang, who's active in the Yacht Rock group as well. Take the Short Way Home by Dion Warwick. That's off Heartbreaker in 1982. Wow. Um, I wondered if Dionne Warwick was kind of yacht disco in a couple places. So. Good question. I don't know that one at all. I don't either. Um, in Hollywood by the Village People. Wow. More. Um, do you know uh, Jeanette Lady Day, uh, Come Let Me Love You? See, this is why we're not the authorities on this, because right. I don't recognize a lot of these songs. Right. Uh, equals MC Squared by Giorgio Morador. Morador, yeah. Yeah. I know that one. Okay. And then last but not least, uh, Lime, Agent 406. I don't know if you know which is the artist and which is the dude. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> All right, let's come up with uh, one last one. GQ, This Happy Feeling, off an album called Disco Nights. No. So this, I want to get more into this because I want to discover, and this is the last real thing I have, is at what what is the stopping point? between Yacht Disco and Disco. I still don't think I had that figured out. I have it in my mind, sonically. Yeah. I, I go... To me, the biggest deciding factor is it, as soon as it gets up into the dance tempo, it's now Disco. Yeah. And it, it's probably not quite that simple, but I know that as soon as we get up into that 120 area or something, I, I think it's automatically dance floor stuff, and 
It's not yacht disco anymore, right. unless they consider yacht disco dancing music. I know these guys play. You know, a lot of these guys that I think are in that group are DJs that play live gigs, and so their perception of it is going to be from a dance floor perspective too. So they're going to be looking more at the dancey music. That is where their sort of home base is going to be. Yep. Well, and I finally came across one that I know for sure. I forgot all about this group, Peaches and Herb. Oh, yeah. Shake Your Groove thing there from you go. 1978. Yep. And then the last one that we didn't mention that I wanted to mention anyway from the list that we kind of called together is uh, Rufus and Chaka Khan is another one where I'm not sure if I'm listening to R&B, Yacht Rock, or in this case, Yacht Disco. Agreed. But the song Live In Me, that's mm-hmm. a killer tune. I don't care what you call it. Um, Every time you say that you're not sure, I have to point out, I believe Quincy produced that as well. <laughs> you're probably I'm right. I'm serious. Yeah. So there's a good reason why I'm not sure. He didn't want me to be yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah. Oh, George Duke, right on love. Dude, yeah. I'm just going to rattle off that's these a killer. Tunes. That's just amazing. Was his bass player uh, Louis Johnson as well? No. I mean, he obviously did the stuff with Stanley Clark, but the stuff that he did um, without Stanley Clark was a, a name that a guy did not recognize. He plays a lot like Lewis. He does. I thought it was Lewis. Yep. Okay. Cool. Well, you got anything else? Well, we have a little bit of uh, viewer mail. Viewer mail, yeah. Yeah. Does, you think anyone wonders why we call it viewer mail when we're a podcast? No. Okay. I think good. they get it. I won't tell you. <laughs> it's specifically a reference to Letterman's, that his... Viewer mail bit was you gotta, yeah. You got to do the you know. It's a real letter exactly. because you can hear the paper. Yeah. Well, so what do you got? You want to start with what you got there in your hot little hands? I will. Um, well, I moved that one into the lightning round. So let's go with the. Uh, we had two tracks that were sent to us in our, um, you know, into our yacht rock podcast email. This is from Larry. F as in Frank. I guess we don't have his permission to say his full name. But he sent... Uh, I love that he went to both of our Spotify playlists to see if they were included. Yeah. And these two were not included. He didn't want to call us out until he knew for sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and he was right. He was uh, right. was not in my playlist. Yeah. So there's two. And I want to know how much you know about each of these. One is uh, Wham Bam Shangalang by Silver. We got a Wham Bam Shangalang and a Shala. I didn't know anything about that. I went and gave that a listen. And um, we both agreed that despite it being, I think it was 1976, mm-hmm. it sounds more proto-yacht. It doesn't quite have all of the polish. Um, but you know what? It, it kind of reminded me a lot of was like Starbuck. Hmm. Particularly like Moonlight Feels Right. Because Moonlight Feel, Feels Right doesn't have the polish yeah. of a yacht rock song from a mixed perspective. And this one has a very similar sound. It's a little bit gimmicky. It's got the groove and it's got the harmonies and it's got some interesting chords. But it's still maybe getting by on its sort of gimmickiness more than it is its overall studio polish. And I thought the same thing. I For whatever reason, I was thinking Brandy by Looking Glass. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Similar the same thing. Th- yeah. Um, for all those reasons. So, but good tune. So thank you for sending that in, yeah. Larry. And then the other one was Never Gonna Let You Go by Michael Miglio. And I wondered if it was Never Gonna Let You Go by Sergio Mendes. I wondered if it was a cover of that as well. Different tune. This one was Moriarty to me. That's why I'm never gonna let you go. Never gonna let you go. Baby, I'm never gonna let you go. No, no, never gonna let you go. Baby, never gonna let you go. Never gonna let you go. 
pure yacht sounding to me. Yeah. Very, Love. very good. Now, yeah. do you know anything about this Michael Miglio guy? Nothing. Hmm. It's like, I think it's the only song he has on Spotify when I looked for it. Interesting. Well, those were two cool additions, so I think, appreciate uh, that. Yep. Yeah, send those in. If you got them, send them or put them on the Facebook page. Um, and then what else did we have in the viewer mail? Well, I moved that into the lightning round. Oh, that's right. So you let's. Said that. uh, I should listen we, to this podcast sometime. It's why don't we good. scurry on into the lightning round? Lightning round it is. Boom. Do you want to go first since you have your uh, viewer mail all teed up? Yeah, well, uh, is it I have one, or not? Uh, yeah, this is part of the float your boat. Okay. We've renamed this segment. I really should listen to this podcast. I hear it's good. But um, before we get to that one, I had an, uh, before he sent that one, it's kind of funny that he sent it to me two days ago. Mm hmm. Obviously, he had no idea that we were going to be uh, doing a yacht disco thing right. this week. But she's reading her email. So he actually sent a, a disco reference to him. But before I had this one written down for my float your boat segment, I was going to ask you about the Star Wars theme by Mecco. <laughs> I mean, it does talk about a ship. Right? Yes, as not in spaceship. spaceship. But yeah. It went number one in 1977. Is that Yachty? It did. <laughs> went number one? Yeah. The <laughs> album did huge numbers. I always thought the Cantina, Star Wars Cantina song yeah. was quite Yachty. But I don't know about this one. <laughs> All right. No, that's a joke, but it's just funny. Uh, figured if we were going to talk about Fifth of Beethoven, we could talk about Star Wars by Mecco. Yeah, absolutely. All right. But here's the one that he sent. Um, this is... Uh, Listener Richard, and he said, uh, this song has been on a couple of Too Slow to Disco compilations, so it uh-huh. goes back to that, Yeah, um, and is super smooth. Maybe a bit too disco to be true yacht, but it has a gorgeous, smooth feel. Uh, it's by Franny Gold, um, who, he said, went on to have a pretty successful music career herself as a writer, including writing for the Pussycat Dolls. Mm. He says he feels it has a bit of a Bee Gees harmony in it. Um, it's definitely yacht adjacent. Uh, there's a post-chorus saxophone stuff that brings it closer to the boat. Oh, and P.S. I know you love when people write P.S.s. It's a pet peeve of yours. Yeah, right. Franny co-wrote the Commodore's Night Shift, along with uh, and also worked with Kale Bayer Sager. So um, here's uh, for Franny Gold from 1979. Here I go, falling in love again. Hashtag Yachty as heck. I would say so. I wouldn't say too disco to uh, be Yachty. No. Definitely too slow to disco, but not too Yachty to be Yachty. I love that tune. That was that had a good vibe to it, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think we're both a yes on that. Definitely. Hard yes. It floats my boat for sure. Yes. Okay, well, does this float your boat? I think this is pure disco, but I want to know, Do you, could it, a case be made that it's yacht disco? If I can't have you, Yvonne Elliman.
from Saturday Night Fever, I believe, also, yep. right? Um, boy, can it be Yacht Disco? I guess I don't know enough about that, that line going back to well, that. Well, does it float to your me, boat at all, or is it just pure disco? I think it's pure disco. Okay. I, I'm going to go there with it. I really, that was one of my favorite songs off of that album. But uh, for, to try and add the Yacht label to it, I'm not sure I can do that. Yeah. I always thought, you know, if I'm singing it in my head, I'm like, that's just pure disco. I heard it today, though, and it kind of had a tiny, teeny, weeny bit of yacht to it. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it does not float my boat. But, okay. Um, I have a buried treasure for you. You cool. may not like it. But I'm only going to put it here because it's buried in terms of it's not. <laughs> I don't know if this is even yacht rock. I know it's not yacht rock. So what's Where are we burying buried this treasure? then? Well, it's buried because... Where are we burying it is what I'm asking. Um, where would you bury a dead cat? <laughs> <laughs> because I offer to you a cool song about a cool cat by Queen. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you're not asking me if it floats my boat. Is that the one that you were talking about? I am so hard no on that one, is it? But uh, it, I'm not. I'm not even sure I'm going to allow this one into our playlist. It, you have to because I know if I allowed Duran Duran in there. Yes, oh, right. Gosh. Well, the reason is is because they were clearly trying to do something. They being Queen, yeah. they were trying to incorporate some of the elements of disco or yacht rock because it's got the yacht rock groove. Doom, doom, right. Yeah, but then it's got Brian May playing that real, you know, yeah. plucky or not plucky, but strumming guitar. Anyways, I had to. I knew you were not going to like that, so I stuck it in on the yeah. disco. Episode. Dang it! Yep. All well, right. what do you got? Well, I know you're going to like this one, so I is have it, no concerns. Uh, Bill about Bounty, this. which Bill of Bounty song? Yeah. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, I went with a little post disco here. This is 1981, and we got all killer yacht rock cats on this one: Patty Austin, Lukather. Herbie Hancock, Ooh. Phil and Gaines, John Robinson, but I do believe it has synth bass. Yikes, hmm. right? Uh, but off of Quincy Jones's The Dude album, yeah. I had to I, I had to go with Razzmatazz. Ooh. That's very good. Very I wanted good. that one in the list, so. Yes. Um, that's kind of disco-y. It is. Yep. I listened to that record recently and asking myself, why did I ever think this was full on Yacht Rock? Because it really isn't. It's got some yacht yeah. elements into it. but I had a couple of honorable mentions because I, I had a few that I kind of juggled and couldn't decide which one to go with. Um, but I wanted to give these mentioned because I'm not sure that they would get mentioned other than within a uh, disco sort of uh, place. The band Tavares. Mm, yeah. uh, so going back to Saturday Night Fever, the other one of my favorites on that is their version of More Than a Woman. Uh-huh. Um, but the ones I wanted to mention was um, they had a song from 1980 called uh, Why Can't We Fall in Love? It was written by David Foster, Carol Bayer Sager, and Denise Williams. Wow. That's one worth looking up. Uh, they also did uh, a cover of a Bill Champlin song. Uh, called I Don't Want You Anymore. That was written by David Foster and Bill Champlin, so they did that. And then in 1982, they had a big hit with a pretty super yachty tune 
called Penny for Your Thoughts. Yes, I, I know that one. So, Tavares is one of those groups I think lives on that edge. I think so, too. Very much so. Well, do you want to go with your off the map? Yeah, yeah. I'll go with my off the map then. Because uh, it kind of follows right in the same vibe as Tavares. But um, definitely not a yacht rock song. Definitely probably not even a yacht disco. But it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier. I kind of wanted this one in the list because it kind of it gives me the feel of hearing a good yacht rock song or a good yacht disco song, even though I wouldn't categorize this song there. But Casey and the Sunshine Band's Give It Up from 1982. I was going to ask you about Casey and the Sunshine Band because they don't make our yacht disco list. But they're kind of are at times. Would they make a yacht funk? Yeah. You know? I, well, because I don't I, really consider their stuff disco. I know they get lumped in there because of maybe the look and it was the right era. But I mean, when you tear apart the elements of their stuff, it's not really disco for the yeah, most no. part. I, I agree with that. I mean, I think of their major hit was probably that's the way. Uh huh. Uh huh. I like it. Right? Shake your booty. Yeah, you shake know? your booty. But that those songs both had those, like heavy horns. Mm-hmm. Which to me put them closer to Earth, Wind, and Fire and Commodores than right. Disco. That's where I would put them. Not yep. as polished, but in that area. Right. Yep. All right. Well, I have a very uh, short story here about uh, my off the map. Okay. Do you know? You know, going back to uh, periodically, we do a "What are you listening to?" segment. Yeah. So, do you know Mama's Gun? Mm, boy, the name rings a bell, but I don't know. I stumbled upon Mama's Gun by accident, by way of what's eventually going to be my submission to Off the Map. Okay. So Mama's Gun is the young gun from Young Gun Silver Fox. Oh, okay. He's paired with another guy for this other project. All right. Very similar to Young Gun Silver Fox. Like, I heard this first song, Mama's Gun. I'm like, God, that sounds just like Young Gun. Well, turns out it is. And uh, a little more soulful, though, which is why I think it's somewhat relevant. Mm. A little more disco. Okay. Not quite as yachty as Young Gun Silver Fox, but really good stuff. And I went down a rabbit hole today that... You know how much I like Young Gun Silver Fox. If you yeah, like that, you like them. But so I discovered them. They were the next song after I somehow stumbled upon Paul Carrick. Oh my gosh! Paul Carrick, as we know, was yeah. the lead singer of Ace. Yeah, and Squeeze and others and Squeeze, later on, which yeah. I never put yeah. those two and two together. Yeah. Well, recently he did a remake of How Long. So you need to go into Spotify wherever you get your tunes in Google. How Long Remastered by Paul Carrick. Well, You, 
you know, it does really have, um, once it gets going, it does have a, a, a Young Gun Silver Fox sort of West Coasty vibe going. Yeah. Yeah. Now I can see the correlation. Yeah. Because it went right from that into this Mama I was gun. wondering how you got to Paul Carrick from there. But. I don't remember how I got to Paul Carrick, to be honest with but you. But I can hear how it connects yes. somehow. Right. To Mama's Gun, for sure. Right. So, yep. Well, that's it. So, uh, I question about the uh, platform boots. Yes. Are the roller skates in there somewhere? Like, do they pop out? Yeah, they got the switch on the side. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Because so. well, I know where you're going next. <laughs> Couple skate is in your future. That's right. All right. Well, we should remind people to uh, check us out like the Larry F. Listener Larry did. And yep. you found us by our website, which is YachtRockPodcast.com. There's a link to our email address. There's a link to the Facebook page. You can just search for Out of the Main Yacht Rock Podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? You familiar with the term... Uh, Yalop Yoha. It's, I don't think it's. Um, I don't think it's English. Is it Swedish? It's spelled I O L L O P Y O H A. Huh. See, so if you were to take that and hold it up to your disco ball, oh. and reflect it reflected back to you, it would read. I see it now. Ahoy, boy. Find a way.